The gospel lesson for this Christmas day comes from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is the word of our God. You may be seated. Let's pray. We praise you, Jesus, at your birth. Clothed in flesh, you came to earth. The virgin bears a sinless boy, and all the angels sing for joy. Hallelujah. The very Son of God sublime entered into earthly time to lead us from this world of cares to heavenly courts as blessed heirs. Alleluia. All this for us our God has done, granting love through his own Son. Therefore, all Christendom rejoice and sing his praise with endless voice. Alleluia. Amen. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, we're kind of picking up where we left off last night. So a quick recap of of last night. We began this series, What Child Is This? And we basically asked the question, what kind of gift is this? We talked about how on earth some gifts have a much bigger impact than others. Some hardly leave a mark at all or forgotten the next day. Other gifts get cherished for a lifetime. We talked about how this gift, this gift of a Savior is kind of interesting because deep down in our sinful flesh we don't want it. We want nothing to do with it because of what it says about us. It says you need saving. I need saving. We don't like that. Not one bit. The gift of a Savior says, you stink. You need saving. 
And we'd rather think that we're just fine on our own. It's really how you view yourself that tells you how you'll view the gift of a Savior. If you think you're sinful and need saving, then the gift of a Savior is the best news in the world. If you think you're pretty great and don't need saving, then you will forget about this Savior the moment you hear about him. Last night we found out that this child is the most impactful of all gifts. He changes everything for sinners like us. He changes the way we look at illness. He changes the way we look at death. Today we focus on the gift itself. We ponder this most incredible of gifts, God in the flesh. And as we do, as we walk through John chapter 1 again, you're going to see real quick, this is beyond us. As long as we're on this earth, we're never going to fully grasp this ridiculous claim that God was born. And yet he was. He was born to save. And today we marvel at that amazing truth, God born in the flesh. We'll we'll walk through the text together. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. We're introduced to this gift in an amazingly deep way. Communication is a marvelous thing. Perhaps one of the most clear identifiers that separates us from all the other amazing things in God's creation. As you learn about the plant world, as you learn about the animal kingdom, you you learn that there are amazing things that happen even in those areas of God's creation, communication of sorts, but nothing like ours. Nothing like this. Nothing else in all creation has words. Words leave us with an incredible ability to communicate that nothing else in all of creation has. And here we're told that in the beginning was the the word. That before Jesus is born, there is this word, this eternal son of God, And it's no coincidence that in Genesis chapter 1, God spoke. Let there be. And there was. It's no coincidence that in Genesis chapter 1, the very first page of the scriptures, we hear this eternal Son of God, the voice of God, the Word, let there be light, and there was light. And on and on it goes. He speaks, and there is. Who was there to hear? No one. Not yet. But there would be. The crown of creation. Humans. Us. People who hear words and understand what they mean. An amazing, an amazing thing we hear at the beginning of this text. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. When I was writing this, I wasn't quite sure what to say to you here. And I thought to myself, maybe I'll figure it out as I go. This is hard. What is life? What is life? 
People are constantly trying to wrestle with that idea. What is the meaning of life? And here we're told that in him was life and that life was the light of men. What is this trying to say to us? There is so much here. What makes our life different from a blade of grass, from a weed, from a lion, from a bear? What what makes our life different? Is there anything that makes our life different? The scriptures themselves compare our lives to a blade of grass springs up today and then tomorrow it withers. We're here today, tomorrow we're gone. In that sense, I suppose there's similarity. But what is it about us? God spoke and he created all these things, but then he didn't speak us into existence. Like a potter forms clay, he formed Adam out of the dust of the ground. Like a master craftsman, makes the finest of violins, The creator of the universe crafted Eve to be the wife of Adam. There's something special about us. God gave us life. He breathed into us the breath of life. He gave us the ability to think, to understand. He gave us a soul that doesn't end, a soul that lives on forever. But you remember what happened, the crown of God's creation, Adam and Eve, this pinnacle of all that God had made. They doubted God's love for them. They doubted that love could be found in this command not to eat this one fruit from this one tree. And when they doubted God's love, darkness came. Darkness that was not there when God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And so what did God do? Well, he came into the darkness, a light shining in to the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it, and that's why we needed John, John the Baptist. God sent John the Baptist because the light came in the darkness, and the darkness had no idea what was going on. And so here comes John. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. We touched on this last night, but we got to talk about it again. God's glory hidden in human flesh. Should Should we be surprised that people looked at the human, Jesus, and didn't think he was God? Should that shock us? Come on. It's ridiculous. If I stood before you and claimed to be God in the flesh, you would all leave immediately. I hope you would. Run. Run far. What nonsense that a man would stand before a group of people, that a baby lying in a manger would be God? That the glory of God would be hidden in flesh? Why would anyone believe such nonsense? Ah, one reason. Because the words and promises of God said, look for a man. And so God sends John as a witness, testimony, a a testimony, testifying to what the words and promises of God 
had always said to look for. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And of course, he was too human to be God. Except for the fact that God said the Savior would be human. From the very beginning. It started with Adam and Eve, didn't it? Adam and Eve doubted God's love for them. They ate the fruit. Darkness entered the world. Sin, death. And what did God say? As he speaks to that serpent who tempted He says, he will crush your head. You will strike his heel. Who's he? It was the offspring of Eve from the previous verse. A human? A human would destroy Satan's work. And this just goes on and on. I'll go real fast. Ready? The flood? Why did God save Noah and his family? Because God promised. He promised that it would be a human. And if he destroyed all humans, there would have been no humans and God would have broken his promise. And so what does God do? He preserves a few humans. Noah, his wife, their three boys, and the three women who married those three boys. Eight and all. Then what does God do? He picks the most unlikely of sources. He says, Abraham, you and your barren wife, You're the next ones I'm going to focus on. Why would God pick a a woman who couldn't have children? Because no one would expect it to come through her. And so now, through Abraham, all nations on earth will be blessed through one of his descendants. And they got to wait, and they got to wait, and they got to wait 25 years after God first promised it. Finally, they have that child. From Isaac's family, the Savior will come, a human. From Jacob's family, whose name was changed to Israel, a Savior will come. From Judah's family, a Savior will come. And David, Mary and Joseph, descendants of David. But it's always been a human. God had always promised that a human would be the one to come and save his people. But not just a human. God in the flesh. And the words and promises of God had always declared that too. Just two examples. Isaiah chapter 7, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin, human, will be with child, human, and will give birth to a son, human, and will call him, say it with me, Emmanuel. Remember what that means? God with us. God. God in the flesh. Isaiah 9, for to us a child is born, human. To us a son is given, human. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God said, look for a human. But hidden in that human flesh will be the glory of God. How could anyone believe such nonsense? Only because the words and promises of God declared it. Yet to all who received him, 
To those who believed in his name, he gave. He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Wow. Seems like something no one would believe, except for the fact that the words and promises of God declared it. Look for God hidden in human flesh. And to all who believe the words and promises of God, fulfilled in the incarnate Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, this right is given. This authority is given. It's grace. (laughs) Undeserved love. Not something you earn, not something you take. It's something that's given to you who believe the words and promises of God. You are given the right, the authority to be born again, to be called son of God, men, to be called daughter of God, women, brothers and sisters of God himself, brothers and sisters of Jesus. That's your right. For people who show up on Christmas Day, for people who hear the words and promises of God, who see them fulfilled in this little baby, born, lying in a manger, you have been given grace. You've been given the right to be called child of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. You see, it's all about grace and it's all about truth. Grace because it's given, given from God to us. Truth because it defies logic and yet it's true. True because God spoke. True because God promised. True because God fulfills every promise he's ever made. And so here we stand with the shepherds, marveling at this baby in whose face is hidden God himself. And then we're forced to wrestle with a very challenging truth. As we come to grips with the illogical fact that the glory of God is hidden in flesh, we now follow that little baby on his journey to a cross. And there we once again see God's glory hidden. In a bloody, brutal scene where this infant has grown and is now sacrificed, the Lamb of God, for all mankind. How could the glory of God be hidden there? It makes no sense. Such a brutal scene. A gory, naked, shamed human hanging on a cross in agony. How could the glory of God be found there? Simple. The words and promises of God. Just going to share a couple examples with you. Psalm 22, written about a thousand years before Jesus would hang on the cross and cry these words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. And a thousand years later, that would be fulfilled in Christ. Isaiah 53, he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. 
The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. You cannot wound God. Unless he takes on flesh. And take on flesh he did. So that his flesh could be pierced. So that he could be wounded. So that you could be healed. So that I could be forgiven. This is the most incredible thing. The glory of God hidden in an infant's flesh. The glory of God hidden in the cross of Christ. And you want to talk about amazing things. In just a few minutes, many of you will come up here to receive what? The flesh and blood of God. To eat and to drink. How could that be? What foolishness. It's clearly a piece of bread and clearly a little cup of wine. How could it be? How could it be the flesh and blood of God? You know, don't you? The words and promises of God. Take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this is my blood. How could it be anything else than the body and blood of Christ given and poured out for you for the forgiveness of every sin? John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. And there you have it. What child is this? God in the flesh. Utter nonsense to the world. But to you, to me, exactly what the words and promises of God declared. Merry Christmas. Amen.